Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game at UT. The Texas Tech kicker did a fake field goal. I mean, you could see in his face that he was going to make the first down. And Tony Brankins, outside linebacker, came across and completely destroyed him. I, I thought he was dead. Everyone thought he was dead. That hit will always be, you know, something I'll never forget for sure. Put yourself in the action with tickets from Ticket City. Visit hook'em.com and click tickets. Longhorns Unfiltered coming to you from Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. The Texas Longhorns bid for a first Big 12 championship since 2009 came up short. The Oklahoma Sooners win it 39-27. I'm Cedric Golden here with the Davis Boys and the Duck Kirk Bowles. I'm going to start with you, Kirk. What do you think went wrong in the second half after such a good start? Well... You know, Texas was ahead 14-6. to six. They had played probably about as good as they could play. Sam Ellinger, you know, led them on two drives and had two scores. And they had held OU to two field goals in the red zone, which is huge in the Big 12, as we know. But then they just kind of petered out after that. They only had two touchdowns uh, in their last 41 uh, minutes of the game, and they just couldn't seem to sustain anything. And the OU defense rose to the occasion and had big stops. In the fourth quarter, uh, they forced a punt, they created a safety, they got an interception, and those were big enough to, to put OU on top. Brian, how surprised were you that the much maligned Oklahoma defense, which Barry Trammell, the longtime columnist for the Oklahoma, told me it's the worst defense he's ever seen at <laughs> OU. the worst. <laughs> how big is it that they were able to put the clamps on Texas when it mattered most uh, most people thought that both teams might be in the 40s. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, to me, the the, the uh, corner blitz that got the safety was unbelievable. And then the interception at the end uh, to seal it. You know, two defensive plays, like you said, by, by a group that has been awful this year. The thing that most impressed me about the, about the corner blitz um, was, you know, Andrew Beck said it was a play that they had only seen on film one time. So, now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's what Andrew Beck felt because I asked Ruffin McNeil about it and he just kind of laughed. He's like, okay, yeah, right, whatever. whatever. But uh, but they didn't show it very much, but they did it and it was a perfect call at the perfect time. It was a real game changer. Uh, Danny, you look, you look at Sam Ellinger, played really well, 663 yards in two meetings against the Sooners with four touchdown passes and another five on the ground. Threw for 349 today. Not enough what happened with the run game, in your opinion? Do you think it was just a question of reps, or was it a question of in- ineffectiveness? I think it was probably a little bit of both. Obviously, when you look down the line, we, we've been clamoring for Keontae to get more more carries. Only got four today, but he wasn't very effective with those four. Trajan wasn't able to do much, and you know, you know, after the game, Zach Sackerford said that you know the defensive changes that maybe. You know, changed a couple of things they were doing up front that had uh, given the Longhorns some problems, and obviously they were doing a lot better with their passing game too. When you have Colin Johnson playing the way he did, and LJ having a you know decent enough game, so I mean they found some things in the in the passing game that worked, but this running game just was not was not working. And you know this has been Texas's problem the entire season. This is a team that you know last two weeks scored 24 points and won, scored 23 points against a not great Baylor team, scored what 19 points at Kansas State. So it's not like this. Texas team should have been expected to come in here and score, you know, fifty against Oklahoma, regardless of how bad Oklahoma was doing, and just uh, Oklahoma made the stops when they need to. 
You mentioned Colin Johnson going for eight for a buck seventy-seven. I know Brian and I were talking about um, they should have just force-fed him because that yeah. Pernell Motley was was not uh, was ready awful. for prime time. He was awful. Yeah, you look at this. Colin Johnson, eight catches for one seventy-seven. It could have been eighteen for five seventy-seven easily. And I asked, you know, I asked Sam about this. You know, were y'all targeting Motley? He says, "Oh no, no, we were just trying to run our offense." Whatever. And I'm thinking, why not? Hey, why aren't him. you targeting Motley? I asked him, were you tempted to throw to him every play? He I know. Like, yeah, I was. Well, why didn't you? Uh, well, they, did, they did throw it to him 14 times. Yeah, and, that's a lot. Know, Oklahoma did eventually start shading two, three guys over there. You're not going to keep throwing to him against two guys on him. So, in 14 times, when you have other guys like Beck and LJ and Devin, that should be enough. Yeah, yeah. It should be. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's talk about Tom Herman a little bit, Doug. He had he looked like someone had, had hit him over the face with a wet newspaper. And you know what? And if a that person if that person did, did that, that means they bought a statesman. We'll take it. We'll take it. We still love print. Uh, where does the program go? I don't want to sound cliche, but you can't let this loss beat you twice. No, don't say that, I've already said it, dog. What did you What did you make of Tom Herman's demeanor after the game? He looked He looked pretty broken. He just He was dejected. He was just disappointed because I think he really thought he came in here on even footing, and it was tight score going to the fourth quarter, and they just kind of let it slip away. Champions make big plays at the big moments in the fourth quarter. OU's defense rose up, and Texas defense and offense did not. But you look at nine wins, you look at getting to the championship game, that's huge progress for this program. OU is the standard. They're going to be the standard for a while. They've won 12 titles. Texas won three. You know, let that sink in. they got some making up to do. But I think the fact that, that Texas had won nine had gotten in the top ten briefly, won six games in a row, beat OU, which might find its way in the college football playoff, says they're making big strides. Brian Kyler Murray brought it. We all agreed when they beat when Texas beat OU 48-45 at the Cotton Bowl, they wanted no part of a rematch. And when Tech when OU went up to Morgantown, we were like, I think the Longhorns need the West Virginia Mountaineers to to beat OU, right. I like their chances against the Mountaineers. <laughs> Kyler Murray, 20, 25 of 34, 379 yards, three touchdowns, a 54-yarder, no picks, no fumbles. He played clean, and, and, and C.D. Lamb emerged on the night when um, Hollywood Brown got hurt. What do you think about we're Heisman voters in the room? Does Kyler Murray have a chance to win a Heisman, especially given, as of recording time, the struggles of one Tua in, in Alabama against Georgia. Well, here's what frustrates me about, about Tua, you know, with the whole Alabama thing. You know, he's not playing in the fourth quarter of these games. Um, I don't know why you should reward one player when the other ten on the field are, are real good, too. Oklahoma is not here without Kyler Murray. They're, no. No, they're nowhere near the Big 12 title game without Kyler Murray. And Oklahoma definitely doesn't win it without him. To me, that's what a Heisman is supposed to be about. I came into today um, really on the fence. And, you know, I'm, look, I may be in the minority on this, but I'm probably going to put Kyler Murray 1 nice. and 2 a 2 on my ballot. What about you, Kirk? Well, they're 1 and 1A. One yes. They really are. And uh, I agree with Brian. The value of Connor Murray is is just off the charts. 
I mean, I, I know they'd be bowl eligible mm-hmm. with another quarterback mm-hmm. in there, but they wouldn't sniff the CFP with this defense. So he deserves all the consideration in the world. And depending on how this Georgia-Alabama game comes out, you mm-hmm. know, I imagine, you know, probably 20% or more have already voted. Mm-hmm. And and most of those probably went to Tua. But I think Kyler Murray deserves consideration. But from the little bit that we were watching, didn't Tua get benched? Or we were just no, talking about it? No, we were just talking about it. No, that. no, he's still in the game. Uh, Danny, I know you can't vote for Baker Mayfield, but what's your what's your take on uh, Kyle, Kyler V. Tua? Well, like Tom Herman, I just haven't had time to pay attention to all the other teams and players going on. So, you know, Kyler's incredible. He's an incredible athlete. We we saw what we expected from him. He's a dynamic force who may have a decision in a couple couple weeks, months, about what, what he wants to do with his future and whether or not he may want to pivot to baseball or pivot to football instead of going this baseball path. But, I mean, he was incredible. He's been incredible all year. And I don't think, you know, Texas in the last three years has had – you know, Baker, two Heisman-worthy seasons and a you know Heisman-worthy season from Kyler. And I guess to get out of here with one win out of those four <laughs> games is something worth applauding, I guess. I mean, isn't enough enough? I mean, they got a Heisman-caliber quarterback three straight years. That's, That's unheard of. You know, and both fell on Lincoln Riley's and Bob Stoops' lap. So I know Texas feels like there's no justice in the world. Yeah, there's no justice. There's Yeah, there's there's no justice. Recruiting is what I call it. Recruiting and development. And Thank you. They I don't re- care. They didn't recruit either one they of developed, them. They developed them. But don't say recruiting. Well, well, come on now. They could have gone anywhere else. Breaking news on our podcast, and I know this is live. For us, it's live. You're going to hear it later. But uh, Tua just got carried off the field, and uh, Jalen Hurts is in the game for the Alabama Crimson well, Tide uh, midway through the fourth quarter. So I'm going to poll the the, uh, the committee one more time. Where do you think Texas ends up? I know it's unfair. We don't know the the uh, result of that Georgia game just yet, but where do you think Texas ends up in this bowl game? Uh, I, you know, I want to say Sugar, but I'm thinking it could be Alamo. I don't know. Well, the problem now is Georgia's looking good. They're leading, good, yeah. and maybe that's good enough to leave them in the fourth spot. If they play toe-to-toe with Alabama and lose like by a point or in overtime, Georgia would have a case, but... I don't know. I'm partial to conference champions, OU and uh, Ohio State. Assuming they beat Northwestern, we'll have the conference champions. So, but it just feels like if Alabama wins, I don't know. I don't know if Georgia would have enough. I no. think I think Oklahoma would get in, and Texas would be in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, against Georgia probably. I'm just thinking happy thoughts. <laughs> Wow, I know what those thoughts are. One more, I, I forget, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. What's that? Going right, real quick on the get thirteen penalties for one hundred twenty-eight oh, yards. That's terrible. If Chris Boyd ever gets in legal pro- trouble, they're not going to sentence him to years. They're going to sentence him to yards. Every time there's a red, fla- a yellow flag, it was Chris Boyd. Well, there are two big ones when L.J. Humphrey runs a kickoff back for a touchdown. He yeah. puts them back in it. That gets called back. That, that was, was their, their last chance. That was their Jordan Shipley moment. Exactly. And then when uh, when uh, Colin Johnson got called for the offensive pass interference, that, that killed that rally too. So those were two huge penalties in this game. Texas Texas has played fairly clean most of the season, and to see it all unravel like that was ugh, pretty bad. I thought there were a lot of mistakes out there, but I also thought said that there was a lot of 
bad officiating out, oh, it was out, bad. out, out there as Some well, Some ticky-tack pass interference yes. calls. You know there was, but I don't know how you call pass interference anymore. I'd it's hate to be an very official. very hard. It's difficult. Because you could call it nearly every play. Because there are hands in people's bodies, on their shoulders all the time. And it's, you know, I wouldn't want to be a ref. But, yeah, there were some questionable calls. Well, that'll do it for us from AT&T Stadium. The Texas Longhorns lose 39-27 to the Oklahoma Sooners in the Big 12 title game. Check out our stuff on hook'em.com. For Danny Davis, Brian Davis, Kirk Bowles, I am Cedric Golden. We'll see you later.